Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. The text for our meditation this morning is written for us in Matthew chapter 17, beginning at the first verse. Now after six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John, his brother, led them up on a high mountain by themselves, and he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as the light. And behold, Moses and Elijah appeared to them, talking with him. Then Peter answered and said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, let us make here three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and suddenly a voice came out of the cloud saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear him. And when the disciples heard it, they fell on their faces and were greatly afraid. But Jesus came and touched them and said, Arise and do not be afraid. When they had lifted up their eyes, they saw no one but Jesus only. So far our text, let us pray. Heavenly Father, now may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Please be seated. In the God-man, Jesus the Christ, dear fellow redeemed. Whenever I read one of the transfiguration accounts, I can't help but think of a handheld spotlight that I had while I worked in Western Australia. It plugged into the 12-volt outlet of the car and it put out a million candle power. The thing was awesome. It could light up the road over half a mile away. To give you some perspective, it's a little hard to translate candle power directly into lumens, but we would generally say regular daylight is about 2,500 lumens. If you do a rough conversion, that spotlight had about 75,000, 80,000 lumens. So it was 25 to say 35 times brighter than daylight. I got another cool story about it, but I won't share that one with you today. But what I do want to share is you could put your hand, you weren't supposed to, but you could put your hand over that spotlight and you could see the bones and the veins in your hand. You weren't supposed to do it because you're bombarding it with radiation. Light doesn't normally go through your hand. But as you stare at that and you can see internally, it's just incredible. Was that something like the experience that Peter, James, and John had on that mountain that, e- that day? Where Jesus was transfigured before them, but instead of light passing through him, He was actually radiating light. 
we're told that his face became as bright as the sun. Now that's candle power. And even his clothes were transformed that they became dazzling white. What was happening on that mountain? Jesus was being changed, transfigured, so that Peter, James, and John could learn something about him. And... Because the Father is well pleased with him. Luke tells us that Jesus took the disciples up on that mountain. He was actually praying. The disciples were tired, so they're drowsy. And while Jesus was praying, he was transfigured. Now, it's interesting that that word transfigured is passive. So this wasn't Jesus doing something. The Father was doing something to Jesus. The Father transfigured him so that we could see his glory. We could see that he's not just a man, but he is very God of very God. Jesus is true God. When Jesus was transfigured, then we're told that Moses and Elijah appeared with Jesus in the glory. And Luke tells us not only that they were speaking, but that they were talking about his upcoming exodus in Jerusalem. They were talking about Jesus' death and resurrection in Jerusalem. The disciples heard what they were talking about. And so Peter says, Lord, it's good for us to be here. I'll make three shelters. Peter wanted this experience to continue. As Peter was saying that, then suddenly a cloud enveloped them, a bright cloud, and a voice came from the cloud saying, this is my son whom I love with him. I am well pleased. Listen to him. So God the Father, with his presence and his voice, gave a stamp of approval on Jesus' work. Not just his person. Not just saying, yes, Jesus is someone that I love. But remember, they were talking about his upcoming exodus, his death and resurrection. And it's after that that God the Father speaks and says, This is my son whom I love. Listen to him. So Jesus was transfigured because the Father was well pleased, is well pleased with his person and with his work. But there's another important reason that he was transfigured. And that's because we needed it. If we were to go back to Matthew chapter 16, in that chapter, 
Peter famously proclaims that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. And then just a few verses later, when Jesus explains, well, the Son of Man is going to have to suffer at the hands of the scribes and the Pharisees. He's going to be crucified and on the third day rise from the dead. Peter pulled him aside and rebuked him. Said, Lord, this will never be. This will never happen to you. And then Jesus rebuked Peter. Said, get behind me, Satan. Now, when you put that as the backdrop, that Jesus has revealed his plan to suffer and die and rise again, and Peter, and we would probably have to say the other disciples as well, didn't agree with that plan. You can see why this transfiguration event was so important for Peter, James, and John, that inner circle. Not only did they get to see who Jesus really is, true God, but they got to hear that God the Father was pleased with Jesus' plan of salvation. And that listen to him, boy, you can bet that impacted them, right? Peter didn't want to listen to Jesus about what he was going to do. But the Father declares, listen to him. We need to hear those words too. Listen to him. Listen to him when he commands you in how to live. When we choose to stop our ears to what Jesus is telling us to do, we're not just rebelling against some man, some earthly authority. We're rebelling against the very Son of God. And if you think you can hide your sins from Him, the brightness of His glory penetrates to the very core of your soul. Everything is uncovered before Him. Nothing is hidden. He sees He sees everything that you think, say, and do. So listen to him when he tells you how you are to live and even think. And listen to him when he forgives you. That Jesus is the all-knowing Son of God, in one sense, is, is terrifying. He knows me. Oh, Lord, He knows me. But it is of great comfort, too. Because when the Son of God declares that your sins are forgiven, all of your sins are forgiven, when he tells you that he suffered and died in payment for all of your guilt, nothing is left out. 
There is nothing that God the Son doesn't know about you. And so when He says you are forgiven, you can be sure all of your sins are forgiven. And God raised Jesus from the dead, again, placing His stamp of approval so that you can know He has made full satisfaction for all of your sins. The payment is complete. The Son of God has suffered and died and risen again so that you can know that God loves you. And one day, by faith, you're going to see Jesus in all of His glory in heaven. With your own eyes, you will behold the majesty that Peter, James, and John had the pleasure to do on that mountain. And you will spend eternity marveling at a holy and righteous God who forgives miserable sinners like you and me. It will be good to be there. May God grant you His Spirit and strengthen you in His faith so that you can live confident that your sins are forgiven through the God-man, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Please stand for the blessing. And now may the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, guard and keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus until life everlasting. Amen.